Hello, hello, hello. Okay. First things first, there will be Star Trek Picard season two spoilers in this episode of Strange New Worlds, a science and Star Trek podcast. Don't proceed if you don't want to be spoiled. So, as always, I'm Mike Wong. This is Strange New Worlds. We talk about the intersection of science and Star Trek. And we're going to try something a little bit new this time. I'm calling it Europa Watch. (laughs) So this is a mini-series based on Season 2 of Star Trek Picard. Because one of the most intriguing flashes of season two that we saw way back when we got the first season two trailer was of 2024 Los Angeles. You know, they go back in time. That's been a well-known premise of season two for a long time now. And you see Q wearing a jacket with this badge on it, a mission badge that says the Europa mission. Now, I was so excited about this. I started getting really giddy as a planetary scientist because Europa is one of the coolest planetary bodies we have in our solar system, especially from an astrobiological perspective, the perspective of let's go out there and seek out new forms of life. Where could life be hiding in the vast cosmic void? And Europa is one of those hotspots where we think we've just got to look. Now, many listeners will be very familiar with my mini-series on Star Trek Discovery. Basically, every week, or almost every week, I will publish a scripted response to the science that is seen in Star Trek Discovery. Now, Star Trek Picard tends to not have as much science in it, And so for that reason, I'm not going to do like a response episode with the whole think-feel-question thing for the Star Trek Picard episodes, but because I'm just so excited for what might happen with Europa, I've decided to do Europa Watch, which is basically an off-the-cuff, totally unscripted reaction to every single time something related to this Europa mission occurs in Star Trek Picard's second season. And we just had that in the third episode of the second season called Assimilation, where they finally go back in time to Los Angeles of 2024 to try to fix whatever temporal shenanigans Q was up to. And we get our first glimpse of this Europa mission in an advertisement that you can see sort of in the background in the scene where Rafi uh, is walking through this sanctuary district. Great nod to Star Trek Deep Space Nine, by the way. I'm all for that. Anyway, so in the background, uh, you see this giant billboard poster kind of thing uh, of, of a Europa mission, kind of like an advertisement for the mission, which is funny in a way. I mean, usually NASA doesn't put up advertisements for its missions because NASA is federally funded. The American taxpayers contribute to all of NASA's space missions. So my first kind of thought about this was, whoa, is this a privately funded mission? In which case, maybe they're trying to solicit donations or get the public excited about it so that they will support this kind of endeavor. 
first thought. I have no idea if that's true or not. Uh, I'd be excited to find out if that really is true. Now, one thing that you'll see if you look really closely at this poster is that there is an astronaut depicted walking on the surface of Europa. That means that this mission is a human space mission. They want to send humans all the way to Europa, which is completely, completely different from the real-life Europa Clipper space mission that NASA is currently working on and that will launch, fingers crossed, in 2024. So the Europa Clipper mission is basically a space probe, just like most of the other missions that we send, well, actually all of the missions that NASA sends to other planetary bodies, except for the moon in the Apollo missions, right? No human has ever gone beyond the moon in our solar system, much less to Mars, much less to the outer solar system past the asteroid belt to Jupiter's moon Europa. So this is another very clear indication that the Star Trek timeline, even the contemporary Star Trek timeline, is not exactly our timeline. Okay, there are other instances that hint at this, such as the Millennium Gate from Star Trek Voyager, the Eugenics Wars from Star Trek the Original Series, etc., etc. In any case, it is really wonderful to see planetary exploration depicted in roughly contemporary time period Star Trek. So uh, if you look at this poster, not only is there a human astronaut walking on Europa, there are also these geysers or plumes coming out of the icy crust of Europa emanating into space. So what's all that about? Well, Europa definitely, well, hmm, actually, let me not say definitely, but there are indications that Europa has these kinds of geysers that basically spray water into outer space. Spray it from where? Okay, Europa is an icy moon of Jupiter. It's got a thick ice crust, probably tens of kilometers thick, and beneath that ice crust is a global ocean of liquid water, tens of kilometers to perhaps exceeding 100 kilometers in depth. For comparison, Earth's ocean is on average roughly four kilometers deep. So you're talking about at least an order of magnitude deeper. In fact, if you rolled up all of Earth's water on the surface of our globe and all of the oceans and seas and lakes and rivers on Earth, rolled up that water and compared it to the volume of water in Europa's ocean, Europa's ocean would actually be larger, roughly twice as large as Earth's combined water reservoirs on our surface, which is a really astonishing fact given that the total size of Europa is roughly the size of Earth's moon, really tiny compared to our planet. We'll talk probably in another episode about how Europa can maintain such a liquid water ocean, how we know it's there, etc., down the road. Right now, I just want to focus on these plumes. Europa has plumes. Well, how do we know that? Well, in 2014, there was a paper that came out, first authored by a person named Lorenz Roth. So Lorenz Roth and colleagues used the Hubble Space Telescope to look at Europa. And what they noticed was that every once in a while, there were these emissions of ultraviolet light coming from 
off the limb of Europa's solid body, right? So from outer space, but the outer space right next to Europa, okay? And these emissions were of specific frequencies or wavelengths that indicated that they were coming from oxygen and hydrogen atoms. The reason why these oxygen and hydrogen atoms emit things is because they were in excited states. Their electrons were in orbitals that were not the ground state orbitals. So as those electrons relaxed to their ground state, they can do that by losing energy. They lose energy in the form of ultraviolet light. So they shoot off a photon, they get to relax to the ground state where they're happy, and that photon travels across the solar system into our telescope, our Hubble Space Telescope, and get recorded. And we can basically see this. You can look at an image of Europa and you see this little bright spot right off of its limb. And you say, whoa, what in the world caused that? Why are there excited oxygen and hydrogen atoms right above Europa's surface, and you would probably conclude that that came from water, H2O, that was broken up by radiation after it left Europa, and you can infer a water source from this excited hydrogen and oxygen that's just emitting UV towards us. A couple of years later, a second paper came out, this one by Bill Sparks and colleagues. This one used the Hubble Space Telescope to detect potential plume activity, but in a different kind of way. What they did for this one was not see the emission of the products of a water vapor plume. Instead, they found the absorption due to that plume material. Okay, so what does this mean? Well, if you imagine Jupiter as a giant mirror in space, light from the sun will go to Jupiter, bounce off of Jupiter, and then come back to Earth, to our telescopes. And when that light from Jupiter comes back to us, if there's anything between Jupiter and our telescopes, that stuff can absorb some of that sunlight, that reflected sunlight off of Jupiter. Turns out that because Europa passes in front of Jupiter, it will sometimes block that reflected light coming back to us. Now, if there is a plume that just came out of Europa, it will block an additional little bit of light. And you can look for that bit of light diminishment to infer the activity of a plume, again, right off of Europa's limb. And some of these plumes that the Sparks et al. paper found were coincident with the earlier Roth et al. paper in terms of location relative to the topography of Europa. So that seems pretty cool. So in summary, basically there were two papers, one in 2014, one in 2016, that both used the Hubble Space Telescope to observe the potential products of water plume activity coming off of Europa. I want to be completely clear that, that the community is not 100% sold that Europa has these plumes. And even if these plumes do exist, they're not the kind of perennial plumes that Saturn's moon Enceladus has. Saturn's moon Enceladus is very famous for these geysers that are literally just going off all the time, more faithful than Old Faithful and Yellowstone. They're just literally continuously emitting things into space. Free samples from the subsurface ocean on Enceladus. But Europa is not the same way. 
if these plumes exist, and again, there are some who question this data, if they exist, they are sporadic plumes, okay? So you could imagine sending a spacecraft to Europa if it's just a flyby spacecraft, you know, a one-shot kind of, we're just gonna go right past Europa and we're not going to stop or go into orbit or make multiple passes, and the plumes just happen to not be active at that time, you may not be able to learn as much as you could have about the subsurface ocean because you don't have any samples coming at you into space from that ocean at that time. So that's one really good reason why not the only good reason why, but one good reason why you want to send a spacecraft that will get into orbit and make multiple passes of Europa. Now, the Europa Clipper mission, that real-life NASA mission, is not going to orbit Europa. It's actually going to orbit Jupiter, but it will be concentrating its science on Europa and make multiple passes of Europa to get sort of a global view of Europa and hopefully be able to catch one of these plumes in action. You could think then that the next step beyond that would be to send some kind of permanent presence to those plumes. And I guess that's kind of what the Europa mission in Star Trek Picard is all about. There's a human there. Presumably if you took the enormous effort to send a human all the way to Europa, you didn't just send them for like a quick pit stop. They're there to stay for a while. And they're there to watch and wait for those plumes to happen sample the plume material when it comes out, and then do cool science on it and figure out if there's any life in those plumes. So that's kind of my rationale behind what's going on. Again, the ability to send humans all the way to Europa is going to be well beyond our capabilities when 2024 finally rolls around, but it's kind of cool to see this in the graphic from Star Trek Picard. A human being going to Europa to do cool Europa science and study up close and personal, those plumes that come every once in a while, but aren't always there. Okay, so that's it for Europa Watch episode number one. I do not know how many episodes of this miniseries there will be. I'm just like the rest of you. I'm not a science consultant on Star Trek. I don't have any insider info on what is coming up in season two of Star Trek Picard. This miniseries could literally end right here because we don't see any more Europa in the series. Or maybe we'll have three episodes or four episodes. Or if we're lucky, a full eight episodes. That's the number of remaining episodes in season two of Picard plus the one we just talked about. But that's the end of Europa Watch number one. I hope to be back sometime when we get another glimpse of this idea of a Europa mission in Star Trek Picard to share a little bit more about one of my favorite moons in the solar system and the cool science that it can teach us. All right, take care everyone, live long and prosper, stay curious, stay healthy, and I will see you whenever I get to see you again.